Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I'm so glad to be able to share with you this morning as we're beginning a three-week message series called Why God, where we're going to look into some of the deepest questions that end us cause us to say, why God, why is life like this? How can things like this happen? Today we're asking the question, why do bad things happen? God, if, if you're all good, why did you create a world where there, there are bad things? And what happens sometimes with these questions is we have this kind of self-defense mechanism, right? When we've got the, these big, difficult questions and, and we don't want to deal with them right then, particularly if something bad has happened to us that's hard for us to overcome, we, we've still got other things to do, right? Uh, we've still got to go to school. We've still got to go to work. We've still got to live our lives. And so what we end up doing is we end up sectioning off that question, right? And we kind of build this box in our hearts and we put these questions in that box and we say, stay there. I've got to go live my life. You're annoying me. You're distracting me. You stay right here. And now I'm going to keep living. And that, that's a survival mechanism. It's a defense mechanism that works for a while. But here, here's the thing. That box is supposed to be temporary. And uh, if you're a scientist, you're going to love this analogy. If you're a science person, if you're not, just bear with me. I have to say something occasionally that the people who work in Oak Ridge like. Okay, so uh, we have this box. And this box, if it's just in your heart for a brief period of time, like it's okay and it's helpful. Uh, but then it kind of uh, begins to de- de- deteriorate over time. And when it deteriorates, it kind of becomes toxic. And as it becomes toxic, it begins to leak these toxic chemicals in, into our heart. And when we just keep it there, all of a sudden, it, these chemicals, uh, they begin to, to come into the rest of our, our lives and they begin to take away our joy and they begin to take away our peace and they begin to cause us uh, to begin not not to enjoy life and to begin to say well I'm not really sure there is an answer to this question and so because I haven't found it yet I've got to walk through my life in fear because I'm always scared that I could encounter something else uh, for which there's no one to help or or no solution for and over time that that box uh, as its chemicals disintegrate uh, and become toxic uh, it takes our life away it, it, it was only meant for a very brief period of time and then it needed to be thrown out. But we, we want to open up that box for the next three weeks. And, and we, we want to share in, in the presence of one another who care about each other and who are committed to living out Jesus' commandment to love one another. And in the presence of our God who is love, uh, we want to open up that box and, and those questions and say, God, how, how would you have us, us deal with these? And uh, one of the ways uh, that we'd encourage you to follow along in this is with daily scripture reading, where you're going to have time to open up uh, more scriptures than we have time to talk about on Sunday mornings that deal precisely with these topics and to go to God personally in prayer. Because I can tell you, whatever you might get out of what I say t- today or what Pastor Larry says next week or uh, what anybody else might say, it's not going to be near the power of what you're going to get out of what God will say if you make moments in prayer for God to speak directly to you. So I encourage you, if you're not already doing the Bible reading plan, uh, 
become a part of it, you can find it at concordunited.org Bible, or we have printouts of the reading plan uh, for the month of September that go along with these messages there at the information center in the lobby. So I want to start out today with just this basic question. If God is good, why do bad things happen, right? If God's completely good, and if God's completely powerful, and if God could create it any way God wanted to create, how, how can bad things happen? How come something like September 11th, 2001 happens where people who are just going to work, doing their job, lose their lives, right? How, How could something, how could God let something like that happen? How could God let something like the flooding that we're seeing in Pakistan right now happen. It, it, it's flooding on a scale that, that's hard to imagine. I, I heard the other day that after flooding several years ago, Pakistan took one of their major roads and they took a bridge on that road and they moved it up. They made that bridge 16 feet higher. That bridge is underwater right now. Even though it's 16 feet higher than they thought water could ever possibly come. Uh, some, if you look at what's going on, there's a, like an astounding percentage of the land in that country right now is completely uninhabitable. Uh, under, can you imagine if we got up and we said, uh, you, you know what, folks, we're sorry, we're closing down I-75. You can't, you can't go down to uh, Chattanooga that way anymore. In fact, Chattanooga is not there. Everything from Athens South is underwater till about Birmingham right? Can you imagine that kind of scale? Uh, some geologists are calling what's, what's happening over there an inland sea that is taking over uh, what used to be dry land. Now, how, how, you know, why? Uh, and, and what happens when it's not just something global, what, what happens when, when it becomes personal, right? When it's the thing that happened to us, uh, when it's the thing that happened in, in our lives. Uh, I remember one time doing a funeral for a young man, and he was just beginning elementary school. And his family, just like all families, like they did everything possible to like make their home a safe place. And he was just playing one day. And there was an accident at his house that was probably like a one in... 300 billion chances that this could ever happen, much less actually take a life when it happened. And it happened. It happened to that family right then. And I, I remember doing his funeral and realizing that, you know, his parents did everything that a parent could do And they loved him as much as you could love anybody. And they were having to go through this. And and it was happening to them. I remember a young lady. She was in her early 20s. So much to give. So much talent. Was driving her car just as safely as most of us drive our cars. And another car got in her blind spot. And she didn't make it. And I can, I remember after that service, and it was a huge funeral service, and it was at the church, and everybody came out, and we celebrated her life, and people told stories, 
and we talked about how God could heal, and we talked about how God was there, and we talked about how she was with God, and we said all the things you were supposed to say, and, and yet I remember after it going to my office and, and shutting the door and just ugly crying, just sobbing, and saying, God, I've looked in her parents' faces, and I've seen pain that I don't know what to do with. And God, I've said all the things you're supposed to say in these moments. And God, I just need to know, I just need you to, to tell me that that's true again. And I just need you to assure me that you're going to make that true, that it's not just going to be intellectually true, that it's not just going to be true one day in heaven, but it's going to be true for these people right now. I, I, need to, I need to know that. We all need to know that. And people needed to know that in Jesus' day because sometimes what people did was they would section off that box with those questions and they'd realize that those questions, that if they didn't deal with them, that those questions would, would start to harm them. So, so they'd begin dealing with them, but they'd deal with them in very bad ways. And Jesus knew this also. And Jesus talks about these kind of things a lot. Jesus didn't run from these questions. Jesus said, I'm, I'm here exactly for this. And so in Luke 13, Jesus talks about this. And so I'm going to read the passage to you, and then I'll pause a couple times in it because I want to share with you exactly what he's talking about. Uh, this is the first verse of Luke 13. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, there, there were these Galileans, and Pilate, the Roman governor, uh, didn't like their particular practices, and Pilate actually had them massacred, right? Uh, massacred them. And Jesus is saying, do you think they're worse people than anybody else? Uh, verse 3, no, I tell you, but unless you repent as they did, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were worse offenders than all others in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Okay, what Jesus is saying here is the first thing we have to do to deal with these questions is we have to figure out what's not the answer. And what Jesus is saying is not the answer is looking and saying, uh, well, they were worse than me. And this is why that it happened to them. You know, he says, we looked at those people who were massacred or those people who had a terrible disaster. Uh, the tower, when the Tower of Siloam fell in Jerusalem, it's basically like this is why we have building codes, right? Uh, they didn't build it strong enough. There was a problem with the foundation. The tower fell over. 18 people were killed. And Jesus says, we, we often like to judge people in those instances. And actually, we don't do this out of meanness. Once again, it's a self-protective uh, reflex that we have because we don't like to see those things and think this could happen to us, right? Uh, we, we, we don't want to see that. So we say there, there must be something different about those people. Uh, and often we say, well, they shouldn't have put themselves in that position. Or uh, we come up with some reason why something like that would happen to them but wouldn't happen to us. And Jesus says, no, that's, that's not the answer at all. Jesus says, but what you need to know is that things are going to happen in this life. And if you're going to make it through this life, you're going to need God and you're going to need to seek God. So when you see things like that, use it as an opportunity to, to seek God. Uh, you know, we, when we see things like what's going on in Ukraine 
right now. And it's easy for us sometimes when we see news like that, and I believe God is not indifferent to the affairs of nations. It's easy to, to kind of make it almost a game, like, yay, go democracy, we want democracy to win. And uh, yes, we, we, we do. I, like, I, this, I, I think democracy is the way that, that helps people thrive and live the life God wants for them. It's the best system we've created. I think Winston Churchill said, it's the worst system you could ever come up with except every other one that's ever been tried, right? Um, I, I believe that would be good for the world, uh, but I'm, I'm much more likely to read an article on, uh, you know, uh, how Ukraine's doing well than on the actual suffering of the actual people. And what it actually does to people when their town is possessed by one army and then another. And the type of torture civilians are going through. And the type of suffering that they're dealing with. And the type of loss of life that, that's taking place. We don't always want to hear those personal stories uh, of it. And, and Jesus says it, it, when you hear those, it's easy to think, well, that happens to those people over there. But no, 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 that could happen to you. Uh, you need to... Be prepared. You need a God who's strong enough to see you through, through that. Jesus says it's not good enough to say, well, that's, that just happens to other people or because other people aren't as good as me. And there's another bad, bad answer that we get sometimes. In fact, this is one that I, I prepare people for if they lose uh, someone uh, too early in, in life. And that is that sometimes people will come up, and this especially happens at funerals for kids, and they'll say to the parents, you know, God just needed another angel in heaven. And, and I, I had a mom say to me once, she said, you know, God could have created another angel if God wanted one. God was perfectly capable of doing that. And what, what I say to parents in that situation is that when people say that, what I want you to hear is that they just love you. And they would say anything on this earth to make you feel better right now. And they'll do anything for you and they'll bring you meals and they'll be there for you. And, and so just hear that and forget the actual words because that, that wasn't somehow God's plan in that moment or what God wanted to see happen. Because here's something you need to know about God. Here's something that we see in God through Jesus Christ that God didn't sit back and go, you know what? I want to create this world and I'm just going to kind of watch. You know, God didn't like get popcorn and Coke and be like, man, these people are crazy. Like, we love reality TV, right? Because people are crazy. And we're like, God, they're crazier than us. Or we're like, I know someone like that. You know? And, and we, we, we just love it. Well, um, that's not God. When we hurt, God hurts just as much, if not more. You know how much God hurts? You know how when you hurt, you hurt a little, but when your child hurts, you hurt a lot. That's how God hurts for each one of us, like a parent watching their child suffer. God isn't somehow removed just like, this will be good for them. They'll grow from it. No, God is hurting like a parent watching their child suffer when, when we suffer. So God is present and God is with us. And we want, we want to begin asking these questions. Well, okay, God, if you're present and with us and you feel like that, then, then why? So let's take a step back. Jesus has now told us what the answers aren't. Let's begin to say, how could we understand what, what they might be? Let's begin with this. What makes something bad? If we say bad things happen, what makes something bad? Do you turn on Discovery Channel and see a lion kill a gazelle and eat it and go, that awful creature. Like, I, I can't believe there are lions who would do something like that in this world. 
No, you don't, right? In fact, you'd pay money to go across the world on a safari to see it happen with your own eyes, right? You, you, you don't think it's, it's somehow awful? Uh, you, you don't, when, when your cat goes out in the yard and brings you back the gift of a rodent, you know, cause, and places it on, on your doorstep for you, you don't sit there and go, you know, that cat is a demon created by the devil. You don't, you don't say that. Now, some of you, from your laughter, I think you know a cat like that. And some of you probably have a cat that you kind of think is a demon. Um, and now there are cat people who are like, I don't like that guy. I, I don't like that preacher at all. Um, but because they're animals, right? And we kind of get that God created a circle of life. Elton John made millions of dollars singing about it. They're, that's just how things work. And yet we also get that we were created different. And this is amazing. And this is actually a sign that there is a God, is that we get that we're different. Like if it was just all, okay, hey, you biologically happen to be on this planet, uh, go do, do whatever like the animal kingdom does, you know, why would we think it's bad when people kill other people? We don't think it's bad when animals do that to, to one another. Why would it bug us when the powerful oppress uh, the less powerful, uh, the, when the strong take advantage of the weak? It wouldn't bug us. We'd just say it's just survival of the fittest. That's the way the world is. If you don't like being, uh, being weak, hey, you should get strong and then you should take advantage of others. We, we, we wouldn't have any problem with it except that God created us different, right? And right now, you've heard me talk about this before, and you'll probably have to put up with it for a while longer because it blows my mind so much. But you know, we got this new telescope in space. It's called the, the Webb you know, Space Telescope. And it's given us images that scientists never imagined they'd ever get the chance to look at. It's reading like the radiation signature that came out of the Big Bang or, or whatever uh, happened early in the creation. And like, I don't know what a radiation signature is, but I think it's pretty important. And, and what, what people smarter than me tell me is that using that radiation signature and using the fact it can pick up infrared light that's coming from billions of light years away, we can actually look back in time because that light is so old before it ever gets to us. And we can begin to see what happened and see just how big this universe is. And actually uh, what they're finding is that the universe is set up differently than a lot of scientists thought because God's so much bigger than, than our minds can, can just comprehend. Okay, there's all that. And then as we're getting a grasp on how big the universe is, here's the thing. We can see billions of light years back in time. You know what we don't see when we look out there with any of our instruments? None of our instruments. We've spent billions of dollars, sent billions of instruments out there. You know what we don't see? We don't see anybody else. We don't see any other planet with life. Maybe one day we will. and We'll realize God was even greater in his plan for creation than we realized. But as of right now, everything that we've, we see says, you know, it's us. And God created this incredible universe. And God created this animal world. And, you know, this thing called earth that could sustain life in this universe for us. And God created us different in God's image. And, and this is all for us. So, God, why did you? You put a lot of work into this. You care a lot about this. Why did you create a world like this for us? And here's what I want to tell you. God could have created a world where there was only goodness. We have a name for that world. It's called heaven. God actually did create it. And it's our hope that we're going to be a part of it one day. 
but God could have created this world like that. But here's the thing. A world without goodness is a world without unconditional love. You don't have to have unconditional love in a perfect world because everything goes right, you know? And it's easy to love when everything goes right. But if you really want to know the depths of love, the depth of love is when you love somebody even when they've hurt you, even when they've done wrong. Uh, the depth of love is when uh, you learn to love even when you're hurting, even, even when it's not easy. That's a greater love. And for most of us in life, we grow up and our parents kind of tell us how life works. And most of what they tell us, which it is mostly right because uh, they're good parents, is, hey, do right. And for the most part, uh, good things will happen to you. And when, when bad things happen, just try to kind of keep going. But we, we kind of grow up thinking, well, if I do right, mostly good things will, will happen to me. And then at some point in life, uh, we get into something and we do something wrong. And we do something so wrong that we can't make it right. And then for some of us, I hope for all of us, we have someone who in that moment when we know we're wrong and we know we can't make it right, who loves us. And for all of us in that moment, we have a God who does that. And when you've experienced that, there's nothing else like it in this world. In fact, there's nothing else like it in this universe. And you realize that is the greatest thing that could ever be. You realize that is the type of love that I can base my life on. There is no type of power uh, that is greater than that. There is nothing more worth giving my life to than that because we see what, what, what it does. If this world was perfect, there wouldn't be a need for unconditional love. Uh, we wouldn't need a savior to, to die on the, the cross for us and show us this is how I love you. And Jesus talks about this. In fact, he, he talks about uh, in Matthew 5, he says, hey, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he causes the sun to shine, uh, right, on the righteous and the unrighteous. Uh, if you only love those who love you, what more reward do you have? Don't even tax collectors do the same? He said, I, I came to teach you how to love like this. The Apostle Paul described this by saying, he said, creation is in labor pains. He said, that, that's, how, that's how it hurts, but God is birthing something out of that more beautiful than could come any, any other way. Because what God is doing with that is God is saying, I want you forever to enjoy the paradise of my kingdom of heaven. But if you're going to enjoy unconditional love, you're going to have to, you're going to forever, you're going to have to learn it. And there's only one place to learn it. And that's why I created this world like, like I did. And I don't sit back. I join it. And I hurt with you. And I even hurt more than you. And I even give my son to you uh, to be hurt as much as anybody's ever been hurt. So that you'll know I'm in this with you. And you know all this is for your good. Now, that all sounds good. At least I hope it sounds good to you. I hope it helps answer some of your philosophical questions about how all this could, could take place. But what I also know is that when you're hurting Answering the intellectual philosophical questions only helps so much, right? Sometimes we know the answer, but it just doesn't seem enough for us in the moment. So I don't want you to leave this place without knowing something else. It's not just that there's some divine overarching purpose that makes all this okay when you're going through it. It's that God alone knows your deepest hurt. Only God knows that. Other people can try to empathize and understand, 
But only God knows the depth of how deep that goes. And, and God can heal that deepest pain. God can. And God does that with God's presence. It's not that suddenly God whispers and we, we get this new intellectual understanding. It's that when we experience God's presence, somehow we begin to realize it's going to be okay. And somehow we begin to realize that there's joy and, and there's peace on the other side of suffering. And somehow we begin to realize that God will use us this to create in us people, to make us the type of people who can love unconditionally so that when others are, are going through difficult times, uh, they might think of us and they might think, whatever that person has, I have to find out because it's the greatest thing I've ever seen because God worked God's unconditional love through us. I was talking to a mother one time. She lost her son in military service. He died on the battlefield. Uh, he died heroically, uh, saving others. But he also died a very painful death. And he died a death without those who loved him gathered around him. And she, she said, I, I just, I, I, I couldn't understand. I, I just, I couldn't. I was so angry. I, I didn't even want to understand. And, and I just kind of walled up. Uh, and, and I tried to go on with life, but I, I wasn't really going on. And then she said one day it was uh, Holy Week, getting ready for Easter. And we had a Good Friday service, and I didn't want to go to the Good Friday service. And my friend said they were going to the Good Friday service, and I didn't want to go to the Good Friday service. And my friend said, I'll pick you up for the Good Friday service. And I didn't want to go, but I didn't want to be rude, so I went. And she said they read the passage of Jesus being crucified. And I heard in my ear, I know what it's like for my son to be beaten too. I know what it's like for my son to be killed too. And she said, I just knew God was there. And I knew it was going to be okay. And I couldn't explain it. And I couldn't tell you, hey, this is exactly how it's going to feel and exactly how it's going to work. And she said, but God knew. And God was going to see me through. And I, I just knew it. Friends, I want nothing more for each of you today than when you ask these questions, and especially for those who are not just asking these questions intellectually, but who, those of you who are walking through this right now, I just want to encourage you to open yourselves to that still small voice of God's Holy Spirit and to, to be able to hear God say, I know, I know, and I'm here, and we're going to walk through this together, and it's going to be okay, and one day in my kingdom, it's going to be much better than okay. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we need you, how we need you each moment, each hour, and oh God, we come before you today, and we pray that you would help us in those questions when we ask why to experience your presence. We pray for each of those today who doesn't believe there's an answer to the questions they're asking, for each who is too fearful uh, to bring the questions up in their hearts and, and in their minds because they haven't yet heard, haven't yet known of a God like you who does not leave or forsake, but who restores and heals and redeems, who brings dead things to life, who makes everything God, restored in eternity and who can restore us even now 
in these, our earthly lives. And so, God, we pray. We pray that you would fulfill that promise, that just as you walked among us 2,000 years ago with your son who walked beside the people of Galilee, that through your spirit you would walk beside us and you would let us know that you're here and you'd let us know that you'll see us through, that you'd let us know that there's joy and there's peace waiting for us and you'd let us know that you'll never let go of us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.